Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Let's talk about what was a giant waste of time. It was a giant waste of time. This game was more of a waste of time than most fourth preseason games of years past. This was as big a waste of time as I could ever recall on a football field. Um, I don't even know where... To where even begin? Well, I guess we can use the score, right? Well, the Patriots won 35-0. Sounds uncompetitive, right? Well, spoiler, it wasn't competitive. This was a malfunction from the beginning. You know, let's just start right at the beginning. First series, here comes Joe Flacco. First thought in your head is, what the hell are they doing? Then you kind of hear, oh wait, Jalen Hurts has been scratched. Due to a quote-unquote illness, non-COVID-19 related. And Jalen Hurts had already said he's vaccinated. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean it can't be then still COVID-19 related. But just to put that out there, when you hear that, you naturally it comes up. But Jalen Hurts was fine during warm-ups. I guess something came up after warm-ups. And he was out. And when he was out, that meant Lane Johnson was out, it looked like. Brandon Brooks was out. Jason Kelsey was out. Uh, Jordan Mailata got a couple run or a couple plays a run there. Isaac Ciamalo got some action, but that was it for the starting offensive line. We saw our receivers. That's the story of this game is going to be that your receivers, and I guess for the most part the linebackers played a majority of the first half. You know, and if you said going into the season, what were the weakest parts of your defense? You would have said linebacker, right? And the weakest parts of your offense, I guess people would probably say wide receiver. And they got the most run. So that's what we'll talk about because there's really nothing in this game to talk about. The Eagles are not showing anything defensively. I I mean, this reminds me so much of what the Rams do in a way because they don't want to show anything during the preseason. And I understand that to an extent, but it's also at the point of are you learning anything about your players and Remember, the Eagles had joint practices this weekend, or this week. They they practiced Monday and Tuesday with New England. I, I take it they learned what they needed to learn during those practices. And hey, if you're learning what you need to learn during the practices, and you don't have to put anything out there on film, I have no problem with that. That's, that's, that's actually pretty intelligent. But it also is just a bummer for us, the fans, when we come to watch this game. And again, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and complain and cry that I didn't get to see Jalen Hurts play a preseason game. To me, that's just idiotic. No, I don't care. I want him ready for game one. I want this team ready for game one. I want them as healthy as possible. But I also want them ready to go. And if they're getting ready to go and I don't have to, you know, watch them play a football game to do it, that's fine as well, too. But I mean... This really was as painful of a game as I've ever had to, you know, watch and as many of us have ever had to watch because it was just so horrifically played. Uh, first things first, Joe Flacco, the, people had the idea that Joe Flacco was competing with Jalen Hurts or people actually preferred Joe Flacco to Jalen Hurts. Um well, check yourself. I mean, really, just it was an idiotic thought from the beginning. I don't understand why people thought that. I, I don't want to know. I get it. Joe Flacco has experience. 
I understand that Joe Flacco is a veteran, but you saw tonight why Joe Flacco was replaced by Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. You saw why Joe Flacco was not sticking around with the Jets, and you saw why Joe Flacco has become a backup quarterback because Joe Flacco was atrocious tonight. He was bad. He was really bad. And again, I'm not sitting here going to say that Nick Mullins, again, Nick Mullins had a shot here where you could say, okay, maybe he could redeem himself, and Nick Mullins was just as bad. So it, it, he was even worse than, than Joe Flacco. But this has now become where if, if something happens to Jalen Hurts and, and you know he has to miss significant time, our team is going to suffer significantly. I, and that's the truth. Because... I get it. The line wasn't what it was going to be during the regular season. I understand that. But the, the complement of receivers were out there. Devontae Smith made his debut. He played. Jalen Rager played and Quez Watkins. Those were the three receivers in the first half. Our three starting receivers. That's what Nick Sirianni has identified. Who are going to be your starting receivers? Well, you saw it. It's, it's Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, and Devontae Smith. They played the whole first half. I get it. Dallas Goddard did not. Zach Ertz did not. Richard Rodgers and Jack Stoll ran the tight ends because, if you didn't hear the news this week, Tyree Jackson, his preseason and more than likely most of his regular season, potentially all of his regular season, are over. And the Eagles are going to be in a bind with Tyree Jackson now because what's going to be the play? Do you expose him to waivers? I wouldn't. I would keep Tyree Jackson on my 53. I would cut somebody like they did a la last year with Craven LeBlanc, tell him to hang out, stash Tyree Jackson then on IR. Because if you put him on IR once the season, once he makes your 53, you could take him off IR then at any point. And then you tell said player to stick around. They did that with LeBlanc last year. Remember when he got cut and everybody was up in arms and then they instantly signed him the next day? That's what you could do here. The player just has to clear waivers. My guess would be a guy like Richard Rodgers would, would work out well with that. I heard his name for that potential, uh, potential spot and I, I think that one makes probably the most sense. Because I don't think teams are going to be lining up to go get Richard Rodgers. But, again, they'll have the opportunity to identify who's the player they think they could sneak back. Now, in regards to what we got to see on offense, like I said, I've already identified to you that Joe Flacco stinks and he was terrible tonight. Uh, the running backs were fine. Miles Sanders played. He was, all, he was fine. Jordan Howard was fine. Boston Scott was fine. Kenny Gainwell could play. I think Kenny Gainwell is going to be a player. I like Kenny Gainwell. The more I see of Kenny Gainwell, the more I'm impressed by Kenny Gainwell. Now at receiver, Jalen Rager. You know, you see these great catches in all these practices. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say he had a lot of opportunities, but he had a couple on the fourth down pass there. You know, there was no effort from him coming back to the ball. I don't know where the ball was supposed to be thrown. Um but it didn't look good. It was probably a poor decision on Flacco's part because I heard, you know, if you look at the bottom of that plate, Devontae Smith won clean off his route. I mean, Quez Watkins had, I think, maybe one target in the end zone. It was deflected away. The one thing I noticed, and again, Devontae Smith had a couple drops, and the, the first play down the sideline there, that back shoulder, I thought that was a pretty good throw from Flacco, one of his better throws of the night. I'd like to see Devontae Smith make that play. Um, but again, it was his first game action, and one thing is clear. When he is on the line of scrimmage, he can beat anybody. His route running is impeccable. He's really good off his feet or with his feet there in creating separation. That's one thing he does. He creates separation on every single route. That's something the Eagles have desperately needed. Now, 
The bigger news, too, with receiver was, if you noticed in the second half, Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham has fallen down this depth chart. You heard this week that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was maybe outplaying him even. Travis Fulgham has fallen way down the depth chart. He was playing in the second half of this preseason game. He was playing on special teams. He has clearly been replaced by Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. And my guess is Quez Watkins has jumped into the top three, and that has moved Travis Fulgham down. I mean, there was thought a week ago that Travis Fulgham was going to start outside with Devontae Smith. That does not seem to be the case. It looks like it's now Rager, Watkins, and Smith, and now Fulgham, Arthago Whiteside, Ward, um, all battling for the last two spots at wide receiver. I, they could keep six, absolutely, because then the next uh, three guys were, you know, Pat and Ospin and, and Michelle. But I, I could see a scenario now. I'm starting to see one play out where they could potentially keep six receivers. But Fulgham, as we all know, is a guy who works really well with confidence, and I could just see him being busted from this. And, I, and again, I at one point had Travis Fulgham as a lock to make this roster. I no longer do. I would not give up on him personally. I mean, we all saw what he did in those four games last year. And again, I get it. It's a small stretch, but this guy dominated for four games. He was unbelievable. He has it in him. The coaches have to figure out a way to keep his confidence up. And again, I know he was not having a good training camp, but when you see that on the field in actual football games, in the middle of an NFL season, you can't fake it. I'm not ready to quit on Travis Fulgham. And I know that right now it looks like that's kind of what's happening, but trust me, it's going to come up where we need somebody else. We're going to need somebody to fill in. Like, listen, I'm not sold on Jalen Rager one single bit. I don't care how many cool highlight catches he makes in practice. I have no confidence in Jalen Rager as a wide receiver yet. I do have confidence in Devontae Smith. I absolutely have confidence in Quez Watkins. I do not have any confidence, though, in Jalen Rager. So tell me to Travis Fulgham. I'd say, be ready. That spot is definitely not something that's locked up and secure. I'm sorry, it's not. And again, I, I, I understand he's going to get every chance due to his draft position, but remember, at the end of the day, I, I don't care. It is what it is, and I want to see who's going to help this team be best. Now, before I go ahead and talk about what's going on with the defense, and I mean, I guess there's a little to talk about there, um, especially at the linebacker spot, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. On defense, what did we see tonight on the field? Well, it's clear and obvious. Like I've said, and I'm going to continue to say this, Alex Singleton is the best linebacker on this team. And, and you know what? I'm about to get really bold with a prediction here because, I mean, this this is, and again, I know you can't quantify what I'm going to say here. I'm starting to believe that Alex Singleton just might be the best defensive player on this team. He is everywhere everywhere he's around the football now again do I truthfully believe he's a better football player than Fletcher Cox of course not do I believe he's a better football player than the potential of Josh Sweat or the potential of Javon Hargrave I I get it I'm not saying that but I'm just saying in terms of consistency and trust and the position he plays Alex Singleton can be the best defender on the Eagles. He's that good. He's everywhere you need him to be. He's a sure tackler, and he's always around the football. I, For the life of me, 
I don't understand why people have such a hard time convincing themselves that Alex Singleton is a good football player. Oh, well, he was cut twice by the the Seahawks and the Patriots and the Vikings, and he went to Montana State, and he played in the CFL. And Guys, that that should tell you what you want to hear. This guy was cut three different times in the NFL. He went to the Canadian Football League. He, He became the MVP on defense up there. Like, he never quit playing football. He wants this. This is a motivated individual. This is what he wants. He was not given anything in football. He went to Montana State, of all places. Alex Singleton is an absolute winner. That's the best part about him. This guy is out there to be a winner. He's out there to prove people wrong. That's the ultimate thing you could ask, especially in a defender, especially at that position, linebacker, where you're just creating contact. This guy loves to create contact. Like I said, and I'm going to continue to say it, Alex Singleton is a blessing, and he better not be playing late into the second quarter next week. I want to see him with his shoulders, shoulder pads off. In fact, I would give him that game off. I've seen enough of Alex Singleton. I don't need to see Alex Singleton play any more football this preseason. We did not see tonight Fletcher Cox. We did not see Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham. You did not see Darius Slay. The Eagles benched a lot of starters. Jonathan Gannon is making no adjustments on defense. It's basic 4-3, maybe nickel defense. That's it. It's stuff you'd see in Madden. That's what he's playing out there during the preseason. He is not showing anything. I, the only thing I could say that he did kind of show tonight was Jannard Avery standing up in the box. A little wrinkle. And I don't even think he was doing that to show it that they'll do it. I think he was just trying to get Gennard Avery some practice doing it with knowing that you could go to the quarterback and take him to the ground. But that was it. And there was no adjustments. I guess he even said it. If they're playing 12, he's not going to be in a base. And he's doing it right now just to identify players, see who's going to fight, all this stuff. And, hey, if that's what you're using the games for, that's fine. But they do not. Here's the thing that's clear and obvious. The Eagles are not showing their hand on offense or defense. This preseason for the Eagles is essentially punted. They, there is nothing they're putting on the football field to try to show them that they could do anything. They're literally not showing any part of their hand. And again, I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. We'll find out uh, when we play the Falcons. We're going to find out really quick. But again, they're going to go into that game with the Falcons knowing that the Falcons really have nothing on them in terms of film. And that's the truth. Now, who else on defense made an impression? And a guy who made a not-so-good impression was Zach McPherson. I thought he struggled mightily tonight. He was beaten one-on-one a lot. I mean, there was a play in the third quarter where Jones went deep. Or, or I'm sorry, third quarter, the late second quarter. Jones went deep to Keneal Harry, a guy who was, what, demanding a trade there from New England, and he did a really good job. He did my favorite thing in football. Jones throws a perfect deep ball. Uh, Harry has to outstretch uh, McPherson, who he had beat by about a foot or two. And he had to go and, you know, make him. Essentially, it was going to be a little bit of a diving catch. Not the ease. Not, again, it wasn't thrown into the breadbasket. It was more than an adequate throw, though. It should be a catch. They should have been inside the 10. He dropped it, and he did the classic thing of, I'm hurt after I drop it. But it was not a good representation for him, but also not a good representation for McPherson. Like I said, he was beat a lot tonight. He did make a very good play on a two-point conversion in the end zone, but that was it. That was it. 
That was another thing, too. Uh, just thinking of, you know, the two-point conversion aspect of it. The Eagles didn't have a field goal kicker tonight. To just show you that they absolutely don't give any heck about what's going on in the preseason. They, this rumbling about Elliott being kind of dinged up a little bit with his ankle or whatever was early in the week. They didn't bring a kicker in. And again, I get it. They, why bring a kicker in to take a spot, cut somebody that you don't have to cut for a position that you're not going to have somebody play at? Because th- these games don't matter. They don't care. I was happy to, I wanted to see Sipos kicking off tonight because I think Jake Elliott absolutely sucks as a kicker, especially in a kickoff specialist. And I wanted to see Sipos, or Sipos kip off, uh, kick off to see if he was a more adequate kickoff specialist than Geek Elliott. And he kicked one tonight and we got a touchback, but I would have liked to have seen a couple more. But other than that, I guess the only other thing I could say is on defense, especially for the guys that are playing in the second half, Elijah Riley's always around the ball. I like seeing what he's doing at safety. I think he's had a really good preseason so far. So, But again, this isn't fair to even judge anybody on the defense because we're not putting these guys in positions to win when you're putting them out there to just not show your scheme. Like, okay, yeah, you're not showing your hand, but you're also putting your players at a massive disadvantage. You're getting run down, run down, and run down like... But again, you also want to see if some of these guys could just make some plays. And like a guy like T.Y. McGill has stood out a little bit, but a guy like Tulia Loto, the kid they picked in the sixth round from USC, has he's invisible. I, I, I'm i just saying that it's this is a tougher preseason to try to figure out what the Eagles are doing and who's going to make the team because they legitimately are not showing one single part of their hand. I don't envision this is going to be the way their preseasons are run every year. I think maybe... Parts of it will be, but next year, I mean, the book's going to be out on Sirianni, and the book's going to be out on Gannon if he's still not a head coach by that point, and they'll be able to be maybe a little bit more creative in the preseason because the book's going to be out. They're going to have their film from last year, maybe not have to show everything, but show certain aspects of things that they do, and maybe you'll get a better idea of who's playing well in the preseason, but right now, I'm telling you, these joint practices, having two of them now, one this week and one next week, you're probably going to see the same thing. There's probably no need to even play Jalen Hurts, really. I know the plan tonight was a series or two, as Sirianni said. Maybe that'll be the plan next week. Maybe he will play a series or two. But again, if you see from the starters, the guys you want to see, and they they have good days there with the Jets, next Friday, by the way, is the game, not next Thursday. Um, there's no need to put them out on the field. Don't even expose them to an injury. It's not worth it, especially because it is the last preseason game. And let me tell you this. If this was the, the dress rehearsal game, and the Eagles put that out on the field, there's no need to go any further. We have really nothing to talk about here. There was This was an absolute nothing game. All I know is Slay and Nelson better not get hurt. That's without question. Monday's show is going to be fun because i got to do a prediction about what the 53-man roster is going to be after that game. And it's like, well, what the hell did you learn? <laughs> what could you learn? Nobody played. But hey, let me tell you this. To everybody who watched that game, I give you a lot of credit. And and okay, this just came in. So we do have some news here on Jalen Hurts. He was diagnosed with a stomach infection and was told to stay at home to rest for at least two days. So yeah. So this whole thing, and pregame, he looked fine. And again, I know I saw the videos of him dancing around pregame. But um, 
that could, again, I, we've all been, been there where you feel fine one second and then the next second, you know, you're like, oh man, something might be up here. And, you know, stomach infection, told to stay home, rest for at least two days. He tested negative for COVID. Sigh of relief. And to be fair, if he was only going to play two series, you're really going to learn too much about anything on the field anyway. They got the two days of practice. That's all they really needed. So this was a really, really good, really, really, really best-case scenario in a way. So, yeah, the whole thing that everybody thought the Eagles were kind of hiding him. Well, that's not the case. They weren't hiding him. He actually had something where they were a little worried. They wanted to make sure on it. They made sure, and it looks like everybody's all good. Next week, we play the Jets. The practices are where you're going to learn the most. Turn into, you know, your favorite beat writer. Listen to their reports. You'll learn some stuff. But burn this film because it was a giant waste of time. So stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay educated. Go Eagles, go. 